and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Welcome to episode 20.5 of Smart Enough to Know Better, a podcast of science, comedy and ignorance. In this episode, we get a book review from our resident librarian, we discuss Neanderthal hands, and we finally find the winner of our national anthem competition. Sit back, strap in, and enjoy. Many people say to us, yeah, Dan and Greg, yeah, get out of our bedroom. <laughs> what the hell are you doing in here? Put some pants on. For... No, oh, they actually do that a lot. But, well, more than once a lot. <laughs> well, they say it to you. <laughs> I have to leave, and Dan gets to stay and comfort them. Anyway, the reason... Did the, did the nasty potato-shaped man frighten you? True, true. Let the string bean comfort you with his gangly power of love. Let me nurture you in my deck chair like arms. Anyway, the point of this is people say to us... It's like having a gazebo fall on you. The people say to us, You don't do enough science on your podcast. Boo, 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 boo. We're people who listen, who matter, and we're going to make comments about your podcast. Aren't they enjoying my talk about gazebos? <laughs> but so we're listening. This, this is us listening, and we've got in a real human being, not just to interview this time, but to put us straight about certain inf- interesting scientific things. A book, in fact. Oh, I don't like books. Don't like books. No, they're, they're, a bit, they're a bit last century. And, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, Janet. The librarian. Uh... Hello. Oh, that was a big build-up. Um, <laughs> I, I like it. It sounds like that's a proper librarian response. That was, yes. You know why? Because they live in that world of Shh, silence. Shh, so I'll be good now. I'm going to be very quiet now. You're not very good at being quiet. That never works. Oh. So you oh. can't be good and quiet at the same time. I didn't know you could be cut down quietly. That wasn't really nice. I thought they were like... Best way. I thought they were polite people. Okay. <laughs> she's, like, she's like a ninja, like a samurai going through... You go, whoo! And then and you're like, but you missed. Yeah. No, did I? And you suddenly fall and apart. The, the bamboo falls I'm into six pieces. Anyway. Yes, and I do it with my paper sword. Ooh, yes, there you go. I give you paper yes. cuts. So Janet, the librarian, yes. is a librarian, and her name is Janet. And <laughs> really, she's here. sounds like a Doug Anthony All Stars song. <laughs> All right, and she's here to tell us about a book, the greatest show on earth. Yes. Why? Richard Dawkins, subtitle, The Evidence for Evolution. There's no evidence for evolution. It's made up by humans to make money. Well, <laughs> according to, uh, in this book, You're they're the saying... the worst devil's advocate ever. <laughs> to, but yes, they've done some phase. Apparently about 40% of Americans believe the world is only 6,000 years old. And to try to maintain this belief, they will deny all evidence of evolution. And the thing is, a lot of scientific journals, whatever, they, they go, literacy, oh yes, yes, literacy is like, oh yes, evolution's a fact, and going on from there. Mm. So you don't really ever get the evidence, which scientists, when, what mm. evidence there is. We and, shouldn't have yeah. to, it's been about 150 years, I know. And, and we shouldn't have to be having this conversation in 2011. That's how Richard Dawkins feels. Right. Okay. And yet, at the right. same time, there are plenty of websites out there going, oh, love, I've created a machine that makes infinite energy. Yes, that's true. And you're yeah. like, mm, yeah. what about the uh, thermodynamics thing? It, well, we Disproved it, yeah, yeah, by this machine. It's a bit circular. Yes. So, so this is a required book. So, how old's the book? The book came out in two thousand nine. Yes. So, so modern theory. It's not like when I when Charles Darwin was young. I was also, book, really. Although it also mentions Charles Darwin when he was young, like it brings then all the scientists who lie. Did you Charles Darwin when he was young? No, no. You have read books. I'm sorry. You know where where you oh, record see. things oh, for I posterity. 
don't, I don't hold with this. Yeah. I believe in making crap up at speed, hoping no one actually notices. You may have noticed. That's, that's yeah. why we get along so well. Yes. Dan knows what he's talking about. Mm. Apparently, uh, three times during the publication, Dawkins found some new interesting case study and went, oh, can we put this in as well? Can we put this in as well? And so... As of publishing, it was basically the most up-to-date. It had some really fascinating things in it that I'm very glad he got to put in. So, Okay, so well, what does it say in it? Um, what's, what's, a, what's a synopsis? Um, it sort of has these themes about where you get the evidence. One is goes through all the dating mechanisms that you use for fossils. One goes through the fossil record saying, oh, these are the intermediaries. Uh-huh. It goes through all the oh, little so, so mental things you can, that you need to do sorry, in order to, to understand. Just to explain to the audience here, might not know, mm. sometimes creationists and, and intelligent designers say there's always missing links to the fossil record. Yes. And so... This explains that kind of concept, yeah, does it? Yes, mm. and it also says, look, the fossil record is just gravy. Like, it mm. it shows beautifully exactly what we predicted. Right. And that uh, that's okay. that's all it is. You, you don't need the fossil record to prove evolution in any way whatsoever. Back that up. How? How else would you prove it? Um, According to the book? Yes. It, it's, yeah, it's beautifully uh, laid out mm. by Dawkins. And, in fact, some passages he actually goes, now... If you're tired when you're reading this, please put the book down, pick it back up when you're feeling good, because this one's a little bit intricate. Uh-huh. Like, he actually has sort of this <laughs> empathy with his readers. He always is speaking as though to a person. Mm. So, mm. yeah, it's really, really nice. Have Dawkins explain it to you. He'll do it a lot better than I will. Sure. Okay. It, mm. it explains the gravy. Okay, so yes. the idea that, that the uh, fossil record's just the proof of a theory. Yes. So, right, okay, but it's not the theory in itself. No, no, right. no, no, the, the, the theory has proof all over the place. I mean, they've done incredible bacteriological studies where they've mm. got bacteria to start being able to metabolise citrate when only before they could metabolise glucose when they were in an aerobic environment. And so they were able to do evolution, like say, oh, look, this one, these oh, ones are now evolved, actually... this is, and, and all of this. Right, okay. They've done it with fruit flies too, I think. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yes. There was an experiment they ran for 10 years and they managed to have find speciation in a group yes. of fruit flies. So, so you take them apart for 10 years, you breed them like a, a hundred, well, yeah. 30,000 generations, and you put them back together, and they can't, no nookie for them. And if and you think that if mm. that happens in 10 years, then of course, if you go, well, the planet is, you know, 4.5 billion years, which yes. we can kind of prove, uh, then of course, there'd be a bucket load of speciation yes. going on. And, and people. That was God trying to stop our podcast. With that the was Greg being clumsy. How perfect was that? Is that what? What? What a beautiful cosmic harmony was that? That my, that my dinosaur fell off the shelf and got in the way of us explaining why dinosaurs are the problem. <laughs> don't exist. Thanks, God. What? Are we going to get back to yes, actually? Please. please. Uh, Not for long. I'm sure. We'll I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay, so what, what else about the book? What else is interesting in this book? The history of things like. Uh, Bringing to life the scientists, uh, the per- first person to see a colocanth and how they felt mm. and how it was amazing. And That's like the prehistoric fish that everyone thought was dead. Yes, right. yes. It was a lobefish. Lobe stuff about why lobefishes are significant. Mm. Lobefishes, are they connected to us because we evolved from lobefish? Yes. Because yes. our hands and feet are based on the mm. lobes. Yes. yes, right. Kind, kind of, but yes, mm. it's more correct to say that, oh. yes, we share a common ancestor. That's one of the poorly worded things that yeah, yeah, yeah. helps confuse people and think that there should be such things as crocodiles. Yes. yes. They should be crocodiles. <laughs> you should be a crocodile. You are a crocodile. <laughs> Thank you very much, Janet the Librarian. In, in a just universe, they would be crocodiles. <laughs> 
So awesome. Basically, you want to you want to get a, a a reptile that grows to six meters long, yes. with massive teeth yep. and is super fast, mm. and you want to crossbreed it with an animal that procreates using gang rape. <laughs> And wow. also, its call doesn't echo, and so you'll never hear it coming. That's not true. Well, that's not true. You'll hear it. You'll hear the first noise it yeah, makes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just wait, you, just wait, even you, if you didn't hear the echo, yeah. you'd hear it going, <laughs> ah, you know, what's that? And that's actually true. Ducks, ducks, Doppler um, effect. All sounds do actually echo. We think. That, yes. did, you say, did you say Doppler effect? The Duckler, Duckler effect. effect. The Duckler yes. effect. Yes, yes the Duckler effect. Ducks, quacks do make More fun. Echo, yes, yes, yes. All yes, yes. they do. Uh-huh. I hate someone to go away going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something for me a, for the walk of shame. If a lady, <laughs> if a lady duck's calls for help, do not make an echo. Does anyone hear it? Doesn't matter. Can, can we get off what duck rape? But I mean, no, that's normal and natural. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with duck rape. I don't want to. I don't want to start <laughs> casting dispersions on the way right. that mallards may procreate. Right, right. Okay. It seems to work quite yes, well. Yes, anyway. yes, and what? yet we... all sorts of strange things happen, like orchids looking like mm. spiders, so that wasps will sting them because the wasp wants to sting spiders yeah. to feed to its young. Like, like yeah, there's yeah, yeah. all these amazing co-evolutionary. Looks... Yeah, there's things. an orchid that, that had puts out a flower that kind of looks like a, a wasp. But it puts out a smell that makes the male wasp goes, I want to have sex with that. And it goes, yes. ah, I love you, I love you. And, 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 oh, you're not, oh. And, but, but, but of course, by that point in time, the, it's, it's rubbed all the flowers. Polinia, it's, it's yes. It's fallen on, it, on its base. It's like, oh, I'm off then. And it runs to the next flower. I love you. And of course it rubs it on, on the next one. And then it finally finds a wasp. Because yeah, if it didn't eventually find another yeah, wasp, it, it would be problematic, made. yes. They just, they, and they would just sit in basements no and play World of Warcraft or something down just, and never come out and go, I tried twice and they turned out to be orchids. And I felt very silly. So now I'm, a, now I'm an 85th level Tauran druid. Or, and I'm very happy. Or there are all the cool wasps who are getting laid, like the jocks, and they're yeah. making fun of the yeah, other yeah, ones yeah. going, flower rubber. <laughs> you rub one out in a rose? Bees don't do that. Bees don't do that? No, but it is interesting that you don't want too much nectar because if the bee gets all the nectar in one flower, then you don't actually get the correct effect. So it's this delicate balance mm. about how much a bee needs. And so Obviously, it must be an intelligently designed. <sighs> I just said that to annoy you. Yes. <laughs> You're very good at it. Well done. Thank you. So, okay, so who should read this book then? Is it, is uh, it for people who know about evolution or people who have totally have no idea about evolution? Is it Both. Is it good for people who... Um, who would, don't believe in evolution. In a certain way, yes, although they're kind of little, not really barbs, but sort of little references back to religion every now and then about um, that he makes. He makes incredible witty puns and all of this stuff mm. through, and some of them, yes, I could see would upset fundamentally religious people. Sure. But they're not really meant to. He's just saying, look at this clever thing. So he's like, sort of aggregated all the knowledge and put it yes. in one space. Yes. So you, want, you want to read a book on evolution? That's the book to Yeah, read. this is about the evidence. This is how, how we know what we know, a broad spectrum of different things that all relate to evolution. So if you really want a very good understanding of evolution, read Richard Dawkins, The Greatest Show on Earth, The Evidence for Evolution. Now, I read The God Delusion, and yes. though I really enjoyed it, I did think it was rather preachy, like preachy in the way, the opposite mm. way. You know what <coughs> ironically so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Now, is this preachy? This, I, and you know, oh. I was like, oh, come on, Richard. I'm re- you know I'm reading the book because I believe in I don't. I, I believe what you say. Mm. I don't need to be preached that in this weird way. Uh, every now and then, because the thing is, because there are so many different false arguments put out by creationists, every now and then he goes, oh, by the way, I'm going to divert from this really fascinating stuff I'm telling you to discredit this ridiculous thing. Mm. And I feel the same frustration he does. It's like, yes, why do you have to be doing that here? Mm. But he does. 
because those are very popular things. They're all over the internet. You have to go, I have to disprove this. Oh, and back to the fascinating yeah, stuff. Right. And so you can, I can feel his frustration through that. And, and so, yes, in that way, it's kind of preachy every now and then. Okay. It's like, oh, and now we have to go back to this silly straw man sure. argument, yeah. not real stuff. Yes. But most of the time it's not. Okay, so would yeah. you recommend it to, to readers? Yes, very much so. Despite the bit where he goes, you may want to go have a good night's sleep first. <laughs> it is very well laid out. Uh, every time I went through something, I'd go, oh, that's really beautiful. I really perfectly understand it now. He gives good analogies and metaphors. He gives good examples and case studies. How are the action scenes? Like oh, the, they're the, just fabulous. Like, like, like helicopter chases, <laughs> I'm assuming? Sort of no, no. Oh, he describes <laughs> anglerfish as a form of sexual selection. It's interesting. Oh, Dan, you'd like that. Mm. We all like anglerfish. Angler, and, he likes, and Dan does like sexual selection. The anglerfish has no reason to be happy, but it has no freaking idea what else to be. Oh. And with that very deep koan of knowledge, we're going to say goodbye and thank you to Janet the Librarian. Goodbye, Grover. Goodbye, Dan Beeston. I look forward to the next podcast. I want to be an anglerfish. I was desperately floundering around trying to make you look like a fool in the walk of shame. <laughs> so you. I was learning all about language. Bless, bless your heart. How it developed. <laughs> Oddly enough, I discovered that language has a really strong relationship to right-handedness. Oh. The, uh, the left-hand side of the brain is where most humans process linear reasoning and language. The mm -hmm. right hand is where uh, we process visual and oral information, spatial manipulation and facial perception, along with artistic ability. Now, humans are the only modern primates that show a preference for right-hand dominance. So the other great apes aren't either left or they're ambidextrous? No. Or? Neanderthals were. They were right-handed? Neanderthals were right-handed. Right. So how, they, how do they know that? Uh, because what they were doing is Neanderthals would actually bite on flesh. Mm -hmm. When you bite on oh. flesh with the teeth, they found the teeth, and the teeth had uh, stria striations. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, Where? in a particular angle that showed that they were tugging from their right-hand right. side more often than oh, their left-hand side. How interesting. That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but between 70 and 90% of people today are right-hand dominant. Mm. The left-handed minority has consistently been 10 to 30% throughout history. Mm. Uh, and when analysed, individuals who are left-handed show brain activity related to language being in the left-hand side of the brain, so the same as right-handed people, mm -hmm. so language is mm. back to front for them. Or in both sides of the brain. So they've got ambidextrous right. language stuff going huh. on. And I guess the assumption could be made that it's because our brains have, have evolved to be very fluid and plastic, mm, plastic and learn things that they're not supposed to learn mm. quite well. Uh, <laughs> but left-handed children have a statistically significant increase in language development problems, specifically sound distinction mm. and being able to understand subtle language elements. Right. Interesting. So they're not better at language. No. So, the, the, because left-handed people always make the, uh, make the claim that they're more artistic. They're artistic people and right, they're much more artistic and more articulate. They, they may be more artistic, they're probably not more articulate. Well, possibly they're making their creative parts of their brain take care of the language, and mm. so they're addressing language in a more creative fashion. Yes. But they're not decoding language effectively. Yes, as, as effectively as a right-handed person. Yeah, it's yes. like Daredevil. Of course, it Just is pinging yes. and getting that. Of course, being blind, being blind, but being able to see everything. I understand. And suddenly being able to do backflips, and uh, which makes no sense. But of course, the other problem we have to point out about left-handed people is that they are sinister. 
What are you talking about? Why, what a horrible thing to say. No, they are sinister. Every left-handed person I've ever met has been sinister. No, 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 no. That's horrible. No. They, they're, not de- they're not demons? I didn't say they're that. They're not monsters? I said they were sinister. They're not like Dexter from that TV show? <laughs> he's probably left-handed. I never checked, actually. What? I have to check now. But anyway, every left person... Of course has... he's not. He's named after his right-handedness. <laughs> oh, wow, he is too. Ah. Oh, yes. That's right. So your left hand is your sinister hand. It's You're your... like, oh, you should pick Dexter out of the air. Yeah. No, no, that was a very well-thought-out joke. That, and all the people who got that joke yes. from the get-go is like, uh, uh, just delighting the fact, oh, look how much cleverer we are than Greg. Yeah, very good. And they're doing the dance, just like <laughs> I'm doing now. Let's look how much cleverer I am from Greg. Because we always dress up in our, in our suits and ties. I'm and in my vests. tux. And Dan's in his tux, but he's like the tux up way after the wedding and after the uh, party after the wedding. And after I've shagged one of the bridesmaids. bridesmaids. His shirt is like half undone because it's so hot in no, this it's room. Fully it's, <laughs> it's fully undone. It's fully undone. I was trying to give you some level of... of um, Decorum? Decorum, yeah. No, I've got a kind of a Peter Allen thing happening. <laughs> it's true. Especially with the vivid colours on the sleeves. <laughs> so your, your left hand is your sinister hand. That is your sinister hand. My tuxedo hand. shirt Named is the mullet. The left. What? My, my, my tuxedo shirt is the mullet of shirts because when the coat's on, it's all business out down the front. Take the coat off and it's like 80s colours on the sleeves. It is. And I think this deserves a picture. Oh, right, yeah. I, I think it deserves You can't talk about it like this and not be photographed. And so now, listener, you can race to our links and find a picture of sexy Dan with his sexy shirt open, but still keeping the smart ass no better rule of wearing a suit. Yeah, as well. But your left hand, sinister hand, your Birthday right hand suit? is your dexterous hands. Hmm? Birthday suit is the is the is the backup. I thought of this when I walked in if, today. I went, we had, we said we'd wear a suit. It doesn't say it can't be the birthday suit. And then I went, we are actually going to be having guests in the podcast recording room today. I just thought they don't want to see us. I always assume it, our... it, whenever we forget to bring our suit yes. to the other place, that's going to be end up being the fourth. Let's enforce that. Competition time! This is the time where Dan gets to give up hard-working money for shirts to random people. <laughs> well done, Dan. Hooray. <laughs> this is for a CryptoZoo T-shirt, and it's for the competition for writing the second verse of the... Aren't we Australian... giving away a badge as well? And a badge! Yeah. We have to make something that... Yeah. <laughs> we have a great... Get on that, Dan. Thanks. Right. Uh, <laughs> so they will basically a T-shirt and a badge to the person who came up with the second verse, or new second verse, Australian National Anthem. Very yep. quickly, in an old podcast, I got angry that a school made a religious <laughs> version of the National Anthem, the second verse anyway, and they said they, they, that was fine. And I got annoyed by that because, no, it's not fine. Oh, oh, I've got some information about this because Ooh. they didn't make that verse. That verse has been around for a decade and a half or something, and they adopted it oh, for okay. the school. Oh, fair enough. But that's not an official verse. They can't... You, no. And you can't sing it as a national anthem, singing it to the kiddies on Friday morning or whatever you have your meeting. You can sing it as a school song. No problem at all. I don't mind you singing religious songs in your religious school. That's not what I'm complaining about. What I'm complaining about is they call it the national anthem, and the kids are therefore programmed to believe our country... is. That's, yeah. We are based on Christian... We are a Christian country. We Predominantly, we are Christian. We are not a Christian country. There is a very interesting difference. There. In mm. my head, and as most people should think, uh, I have no problem with religion. I am not religious. We shouldn't be told that we are religious because it's not true. So I asked the nice people of the Smart Enough Know Better podcast to write in or ring in or just come up and yell at me in the street with a second verse. And we had some fantastic ones. I uh, was amazed at how popular this was. It was. I and mean, it's really been really good. And uh, we've gone through them all. And, and I've decided that seeing I made this competition, I'm going to declare the winner of this one. I'm going to post up the other ones in the forums because I haven't got really time to go through them all. Yep. But uh, I will post all the other ones that we've got and we'll put them up there so people can see them. Uh, but this is the winner. This is uh, from 
she's only known as the Pirate Queen sent this in with science, logic, and reason will break old holy lies. Shine light of truth on just have faith and intelligent design. For those who believe in magic skybeards and celibate divines, I'll leave you to your personal views if you keep them out of mine. Everyone, in joyful strains, then let us sing. Advance Australia Fest. <laughs> so there you go. The Pirate Queen, you have won that wonderful... Actually, I'm going to turn that off. <laughs> the Pirate Queen has won our t-shirt for our competition. We will never mention this competition again. <laughs> it's all over. Welcome to 2012. All new competitions will be coming. Dan, get ready. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I'll but, take my bank account. But thank you, everyone, for being involved in this. We've got a really good uh, interest from the uh, from the punters and people. Lots of really great, uh, fun, some funny. Someone wrote a Cthulhu one as well, as in <laughs> worshipping Cthulhu from under Riley. All these are quite fun. But the Pirate Queen definitely wins uh, this competition. Well done, Pirate Queen. Round of applause. Get into the Pirate Queen. Get into the forum and check out the other entries. After this is over, obviously. <laughs> Logic and reason will break God. Jesus, slow! It's supposed to be slow, it's an anthem, it's not a pop song! Brandy balloons and cigars, let's all talk about science. Well, that's the thing, you're dressed as though you should have brandy balloons and cigars, but you talk like the seven. Yeah, that's true. Welcome to Smart Up No Better. It's only unethical if you force the, the mammal, force, you milk it and you take its no, eggs I'm away. No, force milking so anything. So you just take the milk out of the baby platypus's mouth. <laughs> that yes, is... that's so much better. Yeah. Ethical. Ethical. Ethics. Uh, togs. Yeah, togs, yeah. Hat. Don't yeah. refer to that. Yeah, right. yeah. I'm not wearing my togs, dudes. Whoa! <laughs> <a> wooga. <laughs> oh, we God. Do in the dark? Why did I want to be on this show? Gregoire and Dayton Beast. Dayton Beast. Oh my God! Oh my God! Ding 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 